What's up, After Buzzers? Welcome to the Deception After Show here at After Buzz. We have an amazing show for you tonight. We're talking fortune telling, we're talking violent arms dealers, and we're talking prison ba- breaks, people. So stay tuned and come on back. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> All right, you guys, let's get into it. I loved this episode. I'm your host, Erica Edwards, and I'm here with my wonderful, wonderful hostesses. You ladies, introduce yourselves. Hey, guys, I'm Shay Jones. Hi, I'm Cherry Davis. All right, you guys, off this hat, what were your feelings? I personally loved this episode. I feel like everybody, the writers, everyone's kind of starting to get their groove, and it's starting to gel a bit. What were your guys, what did you all think overall of the episode? I love Divination. Most because it always reminds me of Harry Potter, um, but also because the idea of fortune telling is very interesting, and I like the way they did it in the sense of having a actor play the person, have the actual person who can actually do the readings behind the scenes. It was a very nice twist to everything. Yeah. I I loved how um, Cameron kind of took it personally and felt that they were lying. Oh wait, Jonathan. No, Cameron, I was right the first time. Gosh darn it. Twins. Yes. Um, I loved how he took it personally and then his interplay with her and the twist ending. Shocker. Yay. Okay, so this this season opens, opens with a fortune teller being murdered. And what I really liked about the initial opening scene is now that we've, we've gotten into the groove of these episodes, they just jump right into, okay, we're calling Cameron. So now Cameron basically, he's an official. He doesn't have to prove himself. He's not still auditioning because every other episode so far, he has to kind of do something kind of spoofy and mess it up. And I'm kind of... Glad that they cut that and got right to the chase. And so they bring him right to the scene. And it's very cute because Cameron gives us the background that there's this century-old feud between fortune-telling and magicians. And I, I'm a fan. Like, I read tarot cards and everything. So I'm totally on board with the fortune-telling and the divination twist on this episode. And he comes in, and he's basically trying to go through the whole scene, basically trying to show, like, yeah, this is a gimmick. They don't really have powers. And they're just like us. They lie. And <laughs> and it's so interesting because he does find a few little tricks that they do, but he can't really prove that they don't actually have some sort of talent or something to to bring to the table, and they're not just straight liars. So I kind of found that that whole interplay when they got to the initial scene of the murder pretty good. Because I think for Cameron, like him saying he's a deception team, like, I'm telling you straight up, I am lying to you. Fortune tellers don't exactly come out and say, I am lying to you, because now that because some aren't legit and some aren't real in, what, in their talent that they have, but some seriously are just con artists. And they will con you for every little penny they can get out of you. Eh, people are bad. I loved the opening with the assassin coming in. Because at first I was like, oh, these are her clients. Well, what's going on? That looks really cool. I want to have my fortune read. And then all of a sudden it went to, he's not her friend. He puts that Glock out. I don't really know guns. But he put the gun out. And then I was like, oh, what's going to go on? And I really thought she was going to get away. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is my whole thing when you run in front of a gun in a straight line. That's your first mistake. You run it in a straight line. Don't you know serpentine, crisscross, zigzag? 
Okay. I'm just now, saying. Now, this isn't Game of Thrones. And I'm just saying. <laughs> That's not a Game of Thrones reference. That, well, no, there was an issue about someone running in a straight line oh. in Game of Thrones. But the issue, I also feel, even if you're not running in a straight line, I mean, it was a closed space. So there's only so much she can do running around that room. So she wasn't like, I get what you're saying and I agree with you, but it was it was also sort of enclosed. So yeah. I, I gave her some. And then honestly, once you turn your back on somebody, with a gun that's not that far away from you. I mean, you can run, but they're probably going to shoot you. Um, So what was interesting, too, was um, because I really felt like Vivian, the actual fortune teller, um, had some talent. So I'm like, couldn't you have given her the hookup in the earpiece? Like, dude, I I recognize him because I used to work with him over in Tokyo or Hong Kong, wherever. So, you know, or no, I take that back. You're right. She did not. She did not. But I feel I I was kind of wondering why she didn't realize that it was a hitman there and give her partner a heads up. But um, so basically Cameron comes in and once he reveals from the scene and that leads them to realize that the person who murdered had, you know, someone else working behind the scenes who was actually doing the fortune telling. And then they interview, they do their, you know, their usual spiel where they interview the people on the street, which is great. And so then they find out her name is Vivian Long because she... Song. <laughs> song, sorry. Yeah. Vivian Song. So when she sees, uh, you know, her girl get killed, she runs and leaves everything including her like license or whatever (laughs) so it wasn't a mystery who she was um and so she's about to kill herself on the bridge and um that was an interesting scene for me because you finally see Kay kind of because she's kind of like the worst with the witnesses I feel like so this is finally her opportunity to be like you know um really trying to relate to this person and stop her from killing herself. And so I did appreciate that Kay, even though she wasn't that successful, but she did really kind of step up to the plate, I think, with talking to a witness in that particular scene. Well, she did succeed. The woman was going to come yeah. back <laughs> off the bridge, but the light from the um, helicopter. helicopter startled her because um, she was going to come off because she wanted to find the person who killed her friend. Right. But I found it fascinating that after she, someone killed her friend, she had the presence of mind to write a little note, leave the contact information for her friend. And I was like, screw that. I'd be like, gone. I'd be crying, but I'd be gone. I'd just I, be like, I thought that was, gone. yeah, I agree with you. I thought that was such a cool little thing because she was like, you know what? Everybody's being murdered or my friends are being murdered or whatever, but I want to make sure that I leave behind my book of business. So I'm going to give this to the other fortune teller around the corner. So I, I was like, I was like, I appreciate her looking out. I feel like out. she did that in that moment, like after like right after Happen Pop, she just started like writing as fast as she could and then she got out of there. Yeah. And I love how she wrote it basically in Chinese so nobody can understand except for the other fortune teller who actually happens also to be Chinese. Right. The legit right. fortune teller. Yeah. The scammy people. Yeah. <laughs> but that was cool. Kind. I mean, because at first, like reading them, all the people who came in, he didn't really seem to have a frightening vibe to him. Right. Because I don't think he really planned on killing them at first until she ran. But who doesn't run when someone pulls a gun? I mean, I've never had a gun pulled on me, but who wouldn't run if someone pulled a gun on them? That's a conversation for another day. So, that's all I'm going to say. Well, I have to say about that. I would run, but as, 
I'm running out. I wouldn't run in a straight line either. I think I totally support her in that. And uh, so it was interesting that she she did do the, make those choices, and she did look out for the people who were around her. So you saw the kind of the goodness in her, mm-hmm. even though she's this woman on the run. Um, and so initially, you know. But Cameron, of course, because Cameron is who he is. So Cameron saves the day with like this rope on the bridge and she's falling and Cameron catches her. And it's sort of like a romantic moment or, you know, we all want it to be because <laughs> you know, Cameron, has, we're not going to see that booty call from last episode. So, um, so, you know, he has this moment and he captures, you know, he saves the day. And, uh, you know, so they start to, you know, they take her back and they question her. And so she comes up with the name of a real estate tycoon, Miller McKenzie. That's the person who's like hunting her. It's kind of like, you know, it is a little bit off putting because it's like, wow, what kind of real estate are they buying in China where they got to murder people? Um, So, you know, but she she ends up staying at the archive, which is the place um, that Cameron calls home. And I think we discussed this a little bit in last week. I was kind of like, is it a library? What is it? So I I don't know. I haven't um, seen before this them really give a name to their home. And so I kind of really appreciate that because I was like, "Uh, they live in a library. They live in a museum. (laughs) I don't know what this is. So It's a really nice place in New York. Let's say that for sure. It's more money than I could afford to pay for rent. Um, I thought it was really neat her coming in and sort of assessing everyone because she's as good at body reading as a magician is. Yes. And I think that's the other issue he kind of has. It's a weird competition because usually he's the smartest person in the room if his brother isn't there. <laughs> yes. Because his brother's the smart brother. Yes. But, like, a quote of my favorite quote is, always be the smartest person in the room. So when you have somebody else who actually can almost top your own, your smartness is now put into question. <laughs> are you as smart as you think you are? Very true. Very true. And, um, and, and, but then there's another quote too that if you are the smartest person in the room, then you're probably in the wrong room and it's a lot of stupid people in that room too. So he <laughs> <laughs> does associate with smarter people. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're both very, very valid. Um, okay. My only one that thought when she said the real estate tycoon was fight, was chasing her, I thought it was a scorn, crazy, psycho boyfriend that was chasing her and she was trying to escape before we learned what was going on or maybe that's just what i go for because i've had a stalker boyfriend i think i may have thought that or i thought some sort of even though she said real estate i was like well obviously he's doing more than real estate because (laughs) you know why does he really you know so i did think maybe he was in some sort of i thought they were going to go maybe the chinese gang riot or something i i really thought more gangs i think definitely something illegal if anything else like Nobody hires a hitman just for the sake of hiring a hitman. Right. I mean, nobody hires a hitman because, yeah, I didn't close on this building. Like, I find that hard to believe. But I don't live in China. And, you know, there's there is a lot of real estate there. Um, okay. So we see Kay with the FBI. And, you know, so we get to see her and her boss, um, Special Agent Deacons or whatever. Now, what's so interesting, I think, um, about... 
how deception does it is, I mean, I have to Google everything, but kind of like when they were like the Russian syndicate, I feel like sometimes they make up these sort of things <laughs> that exist within the deception world, which I actually really appreciate. So um, so they turned out that they have to go to the counterintelligence. Oh, no, that's the actual rule. That's yeah. the actual subdivision of the FBI. It's also a subdivision in the CIA and the NSA and DEA. Okay, well, yes. good, because it sounded totally fake to me. Um, so <laughs> I am glad that it does exist, because I was like, are y'all making up another thing again? So um, so she has to go, and so she meets with her friend. She says, oh, I know someone over there. And so she meets with Robert Greene to get some info, but he doesn't give her any info. And so she kind of sums him up, and she's like, oh, okay, wait a minute. There is something really going on, because he didn't give me any information. And so I found that, you know, that kind of is showing her her to be kind of she's getting more astute than I originally thought she was after the whole the cameras don't look the same thing so now I'm like okay she's 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 a bright little cookie so I I really like that scene what would you guys think that Uh, one was good yeah I I mean but intelligence agencies usually don't share information unless they have to anyway so I knew he wouldn't give her anything and it was strictly her figuring out what was unsaid or unspoken? I just like definitely knew that somebody was undercover and he couldn't give away who it was because counterintelligence in any agency basically just means undercover work, point blank. So obviously he had somebody in or in like when you say something like "oh his face is like all pixelated," there's <laughs> <laughs> a pixelated picture and now your files restricted. Okay, I have questions, <laughs> and then when I come to you and you're just like, "oh no, we just we just had some." He just came up on our roster. No, he didn't just show up on your roster, your counterintelligence. Like that he has to be a big pretty bad guy for him to have the highest level of restriction and I can't get to see what his file is. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so she kind of knew that something wasn't going on and that Vivian had been lying to them. So she goes back to the archive and kind of like um in between there they kind of show uh, like you were saying, Vivian is kind of uh, doing readings for people and she's talking to Cameron about Jonathan. She's doing his reading and he gives her Jonathan's birth date. So she reads this whole dark thing and then she's like, oh, I've never been this wrong before. <laughs> <laughs> Which was adorable, really. And then, uh, you know, and she's reading Dina and her little issues with love. So I kind of liked, she got to get a little bit more interaction and they kind of built out the character of Vivian a little bit more thoroughly. And um, and you kind of got a feel for sort of the realness behind the team, too, because you don't really, you know, they're kind of in and out sometimes. And it was nice to kind of see a little bit more of that. Yeah, I love getting to know them. I did too. I loved how she, like she just put Gunter on, and he's like, "I don't believe you. <laughs> like, I don't believe that hooey. You're wrong. You're you're fraud. Like, it was just everything. I just love Vinnie Jones. Like, I just appreciate him so much. Yes, I do. He's hilarious, and in every scene, I think his character is just over the top, but in like a really, really hilarious, funny way. And so Kay busts, and she's like. Uh, She's lying to us. And I think it was just as Vivian or somebody else had just been talking about lying. So I was like, oh, that's clever. And so uh, so she busts in. And so then finally she's like, he's an arms dealer. And Cameron is like, why didn't you tell us? And so I was like, oh, okay. Cameron might really be starting to like her. So, uh, so now that they know he's an arms dealer, uh, now they meet with 
the green again. Like, okay, now we know the real deal, what's going on. And so now that's when green is brought into Cameron's, you know, well, this is just what we do at the FBI. We have <laughs> magicians that help us and get with it, counterintelligence. And uh, he's like, all right, well, here's, you know. Um, so, okay, so... Uh, also, what they do, too, is once she tells them, I forget this part. I, I apologize. I skipped this part. Um, they go back to the scene because she's like, oh, wait a minute. Um, I used to help him with the arms deals, which was interesting. And uh, But I have my notes. Like, I don't remember anything off the top of my head, but I took all these notes, which is great when you work with arms dealers. And so uh, they go back to the scene to get, the, to get her notes. And that's where they encounter the hitman. And, um, you know, and they kind of, for once, uh, <laughs> Kay goes solo, you know, the counter hitman. But Kay is really stepping up this episode. Every scene, I'm like, go Kay, go Kay. So she's she's really doing big things. And so uh, what do you guys think about the whole capturing the hitman? Well, like points in her, like, if you're, if you're a very great hitman, you are able to blend in. You should look unassuming. I mean, even if you look sexy, hopefully you look unassuming at the same time. <laughs> um, however, a uniformed cop of the NYPD cannot afford Prada shoes and definitely not a Montvoc pin at all. So I gave her so much props for the fact that like those are like really quick things to catch. I'm just like, okay. Like in three, two, one. Like she like timed that perfectly because uh, if you turn like at five or four, four or five, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That part was, it was a little funny to me. I was like, wait a minute. She's just counting. And the gunman knows, well, it's three. Click. So that was, that was fun. What did you think, Jim? That one was really good because um, I think he just did a cursory outfits he could just sort of slip in and out. Right. I don't know how he knew where the hidden notes were in the desk, but then I thought if you're a sneaky person, you probably assume everyone has things in anyway. And she didn't know that he was a arms dealer at first. She just thought he she was reading his coworkers and friends. And oh, she didn't realize right, that's true. She that didn't realize she read yeah. them bad that they'd end up swimming with the fishes. Um, or killing them, that's what I mean when I see something. You know who's killing it, though? Like, really killing it? Guys, you want to have fun and learn and grow in all aspects of your life? For those of you who have not, we have a podcast for you. Conversations with Maria Menounos. Podcast edition is hosted by our AfterBuzz TV founder and drops every Friday on iTunes. Conversations with Maria Menounos features celebrity and influencer interviews along with Secrets and tempo on how to be better in all aspects of your life, which we all need in our lives. From health and wellness to career, relationships, finances, and more, let our Maria be the big sister you've always wanted. Just go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversation with Maria Menounos for free. I mean, come on, guys. We all need to bargain our lives. It's free. Be sure to rate and comment, and when you do, let Maria know that it was us, the Deception Team, that mm-hmm. sent you there. That is us. Conversational with Maria Menounos, podcast edition. Check it out. Yes, I'm so checking it out because, um, yeah, like, I'm single. I'm trying to get sexy by Memorial Day. Like, I have so <laughs> many big plans, and Maria is going to get me there. <laughs> I subscribed, and I just listened to her February Valentine one because 
I have my eyes on a cute little bartender. Ooh, so I need to figure that out. Exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> dating in LA is the worst. It is worst. Um, so Maria will help us out with that for sure. And help you too. So subscribe. Um, okay, so what I did, I, and I take that back. In the first episode, um, Kay was the one who realized Cameron was the impersonator because she was the one in that episode too. I think Kay does have a very distinct mm-hmm. attention to detail in terms of clothing and that sort of thing. Because now that I give it some thought after you were talking about the shoes and stuff, I was like, yeah, she did point that out about Cameron as well. So I do, you know, you know, I guess when it comes to people and clothes, she's really astute at that. So that was really nice. And so they capture the um, hitman and he kind of gives them the behind the scenes that he was hired through the black market. So they never saw each other. The dark one. The dark one. Yes. The dark one is a very tough place. He can't be too good of a hitman if he's on the dark web and he just isn't. No, or you could be a very great hitman because the dark web is like the it's like, okay, so here's the internet and this is the dark web. This is everything under the actual internet. So you can, there are so many things you can buy off the dark web it's astounding and disgusting at the same time. Yeah, and I mean, and I, you know, I would look at it sort of like online dating. You know what I'm saying? Wow, you yeah. can be catfish, and then sometimes those people exist. You just don't know. It <laughs> <laughs> can go either way. Either it's like way. a hitman or your future husband. You don't know. But uh, <laughs> in this case, they got like a horrible um, hitman. Yes. And uh, so they have his phone. So a special agent goes to Cameron's archive and uh they're trying to sell him or pitch him on allowing cameron a civilian uh but really he works for the fbi so why don't they just say that but as a civilian go in and uh negotiate this deal because the issue is that they have all these people undercover but this man will not he's so um Paranoid. paranoid paranoid about these signs and about his fortune and he's such a strong believer in all these things that he won't do a deal until she says it's okay so they're like okay well, so we need her to go back <laughs> and everybody's like well why would she do that he tried to kill her um, <laughs> but you know she realizes that she won't ever really be free um, until she kind of squashes this and you know obviously anyone around her will also be in danger so they agree she agrees to go back and Cameron is going to again we love Cameron pretending to be someone else <laughs> we love him when he does that so he agrees to um, impersonate the hitman and they set up this so now we get to see the t- deception team do their magic because she's like, well, okay, I can do the reading, but he's looking at all of these signs that surround us every day in our lives. And, um, and I know like I read, I, uh, I, you know, I check astrology. I don't do numerology as much, but yeah, I definitely, you know, I'm going to be looking for red way more now. Um, but yeah, so they're like, okay, well, we got that. We got this. This is what we do. And so then they do their magic. I loved how they played into his own superstition as well as Chinese superstition, which is a little bit different than America with the eights, with red, with the gold. The goldfish. The gold koi fish. They they called something other than that. Um, And the red door, which I know is good luck. (laughs) I thought that was really interesting how they, they played that off. It was so nicely done that as you're looking at the actor's expression as each one hits, it it made me catch some that at first glance, because I've watched the episode twice now, 
But I didn't at first notice because mm-hmm. you could see how his eyes would light up when he'd see, oh, the number eight, the number eight that's sideways. Is that infinity? Yeah, infinity, infinity yeah. yes. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so, that's so clever. They didn't really explain how they were able to like hack all those computer screens. Exactly. <laughs> and the eight green lights in a row. When does that it happen? Never, it never happened. Like, in never. New York? You, that's definitely a TV show. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And no I was jam. totally, I mean, I loved all of it, but I was kind of with him like, um, yeah, I just happened to go to the one red door on the floor. Like, that is weird. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, all the doors in the hotel are white, but this one is red. I yes. don't know. You know so. That one was weird, and the explanation was sort of interesting, but I normally never stay in hotel suites, so I don't know. Right. I mean, she she she, she, floor. she she improved it really well. Yeah. But I was like, mm, okay. Mm. Mm. I think it would have been better if they'd said, we painted it red for you because you're a regular guest and we know that you like red. Yeah, or... Or that would have probably made him even more suspicious, the fact that, because he... he switched he, rooms. He, he, he likes to be remembered, but he doesn't like to be remembered at the same time. Like, because <laughs> he's paranoid, so like... He he uses the same room. Okay, that's fine. But he also likes his privacy. He also likes kind of like staying in his own space. So I feel like if that would have happened, she said that, that would have put him on guard really quickly. He's already on guard. <laughs> yeah. True. He's already ready. He came in ready for bear, shooting for bear. Yes, very, very true. Um, so, you know, so, we, so, so he comes in there and Cameron shows up with Vivian and, uh, you know, but now they're in a totally different room. So there's no bugs. There's no FBI. There's nobody listening. And so, of course, now things go awry. Um, Cameron does, however, make the switch of the Mahjong tiles. And uh, and we have some background on that later. So that'll be cool. And um, so he makes the switch. And, you know, she does the reading or whatever. But then he's like, okay, she's coming with me, which is totally... Um, I guess they're thrown off or theoretically thrown off about it. And so now the chase begins because he's leaving with Vivian. I thought that was very well done with them going to the elevator, delaying it. That was, <laughs> I thought that was so fun. I love Mike came in. He's like, it's going to be okay. I'm going to see Lion King. <laughs> I don't know if that was just like, I, I was seriously maybe expecting Hamilton. Really was. But I'll take Lion King on Broadway. Like, just the way he did it with the jazz hands was like, you're a Broadway guy. I love it. Hamilton tickets are impossible to get still. So. That's <laughs> exactly, exactly. He's like, yeah, I will be seeing Hamilton when this show, when this show is renewed a few <laughs> years from now. And then... Uh, so, yeah, so, and what I did like too is when he was like, okay, everything will be okay. There was sort of like a little flirtatious moment right then between him and Dina. So they're trying to keep that sort of flirtatious little line going um, with those two, which I'm totally, totally loving. And so, um, okay, so yeah, so all right. So they get down to the lobby, and of course, the FBI swarms them, and he takes Vivian hostage. And then uh, she struggles for the gun and she's shot. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I know this show, this is not a shocker. This is the fourth episode. <laughs> but part of me was like, because they started playing this really down music. I was like, is she really did? Like, they're kind of going hard with the music. But, um, of course, she was not. That was the surprise. Whoa. So, um, yeah. So she had to at least appear to be dead because um, he would hunt her forever anyway. So, um, so she dies. And, uh, you know, they take him away. And then I guess, you know, he's an arms dealer, so they don't have to worry about actually charging him with murder because, you know, he's done other things. Or with her murder anyway. So and technically she killed herself. 
Right, exactly. Because technically, she's yeah, and she's not dead. Well, actually, he would still be charged. Yeah, he would still be charged with murder, with murder in that situation. But you know, since she ain't dead, and he's so many other things that that's not a concern. And so, uh, you know, so he, you know, Cameron saves a day, and everything is wrapped up so nicely and sweetly. And uh, you know, they go eventually. They're going to have their their after party at the end. But um, it was a nice way. I like the way they wrapped that up. I mm-hmm. really, really, really was loving that. So what did you guys? I liked it. At first, I really thought she was it. I know. This was the best <laughs> one. But it was also because I felt at that moment for her, like, if if you're going to hunt me forever, I'm going to make my own choice about my own life. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I won't let you take it away from me. And I felt so justified for her in that moment. Like, if I'm going to go out, I'm going out my way. And that's the way it should be. Exactly. Because originally when she was killing herself, that's what I thought anyway. I was like, okay, someone's going to hunt me and kill all the people I know. I like the fact that he, um, you know, that she kind of, I agree with you. I was like, all right, she's taking her destiny in her hands. And to me, I felt like she did have that connection with Cameron. And he was sort of like really sad and upset or whatever. So I, this is the best one so far, I think, where I really kind of was buying into it. So I totally thought she was dead for a mere moment. The arms dealer's obsession with her, I thought, was so well done. Because it wasn't, at first I thought it was going to be a sexual obsession. Right. But it wasn't. It was just his obsession with his controlling and wanting her to read his fortune, which I thought was very fine. The way he's like, she was like, oh, I forgot my clothes. He's like, no, no. I'll just buy you some new ones. I know. He was like, he was like, I might be sleeping, not sleeping with you, but you are my slave. So we're going back. Um, I don't want to hear anything. You don't really have to brush your teeth. You just have to do my readings. That's yes. all you need to do. That was, that was, that was not cool. I felt bad for her, but you know, hey, he's a yeah. nice looking guy. You know, if he wasn't a um, stealer. Yeah. I know, right? No, that's not attractive, by the way. <laughs> if he wasn't a, Obsessive arm stealer. No, I was really in general. In the general sense, he's not attractive. Oh, yeah, I like him. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm not going to pass judgment because now we go talk about my prison bay. So, okay, <laughs> moving right along. Um, so, Jonathan. So, I kind of wanted to just do Jonathan's. They're kind of intermingled, but I think it's just easier to just do Jonathan's, you know, side story, B storyline. All at once. So in the in the beginning of the episode, Jonathan and Cameron are meeting, and Cameron is kind of getting Jonathan caught up on what Kay is actually doing to help them locate the blue brown eyed chick, and um, which is good because we haven't really seen that, so we don't know what she's doing either. But according to Cameron, she's doing stuff, and <laughs> and they have an interesting interaction. And Cameron notices that Jonathan has this bruise, and you know Jonathan's like, "Duh, I'm in prison, dude. What do you think? I'm not like at Club Med or whatever." Um, so it's interesting. I'm starting to really see uh, Jack Cutmore Scott develop as an actor in these two two parts. Because really, I'm honest, I wasn't really buying it. For a long time. So he's starting to really kind of bring Jonathan more alive and make them, to me, more distinct characters. Oh my gosh. They're doing so well with this episode with really separating them from the body language, even the way his eyes, and he looks just sort of beat down, his hair slicked back. I'm not saying I date a felon, I but I might him. make exception. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll finish it for you. <laughs> Let's date John then. Yeah, forget Cameron. He I, has I'm that like sexy Jonathan. wounded, like look in his eye and like this, like what I don't know what it's about a guy that's just like who looks really sexy and has like that wounded, almost almost broken, but the spirit's not broken type of look in his eye that just like makes you just want to drill and like I just want to put PC back together. 
Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. So um, Jonathan's like, yeah, I'm out here de- dealing with things. And so um, the next scene we see, Jonathan is meeting, or I think he's at lunch or something. And so Winslow, which is the name of the evil black prison man, which is, as I mentioned in every show that's about prison, is a mean black man. So, but his name is Winslow. So <laughs> Winslow is like, yeah, you know, I have a friend. He has kidney issues. You need to help him escape. And Jonathan's like, no. Initially, and I think we all kind of know how that's going to end. So <laughs> he says no at first, and the, you know the black man's like, "I got you." And then they run into him, and this is another thing. Like on every single prison show, people do get assaulted in showers and stairways. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't take stairs, but um, so <laughs> so they they uh, they attack him. Uh, it's several. So the black guy actually doesn't do it, which is, and this is another thing I found sort of interesting is that deception had a way of because in every prison show that I've watched the gangs are all kind of racially together so you you know you have to be like the white people or with the Aryan race and Latinos and the blacks are together so I assumed the black man was going to be with the black gang but I was wrong and so yeah like so some of his white friends beat up another white boy which I was very intrigued by this to be honest um but he was like nah you know now you have a cracked rib now you too will be in the infirmary and Jonathan ends up actually helping uh, doing it, you know, because now he's like he has to and his he has a cracked rib and he really helps, um, you know, helps this guy escape. So what do you guys what are your thoughts about the prison scenes? I personally, Jonathan just keeps digging himself further and further. It's like Vivian said, like a darkness is surrounding him and he's legit slowly pulling away from Cameron. And you can definitely tell that it's happening. And the fact that he keeps doing things. Is only is seriously will be his downfall at the end of this entire thing. Personally, if I was Cameron, I would just say, "Okay, I need you to move my brother to a different prison." Like, can we move him? Right, exactly. Sure. I bring I blame this on Cameron absolutely because I think at first in the prison they assumed he was just behind the scenes and he didn't know how to do magic, which is why they left him alone. Um, but if you're in prison, everybody knows you need to find a gang of people to hang out with. Exactly. That's my whole thing. You know, Whether, know. even if, it, I love the fact that there are diverse gangs, but you need a gang. You Unless need to you're have, bigger than them. And yeah. And, 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 let, and let's just keep it 100. He's not big and he's cute. Like, we know pretty. what happens to pretty people yes. in prison. Like, this isn't no, that type of show, but yeah. it happens. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, he needs a gang. He needs to get with some people. And so he does help him escape. And so the final scene that we see between Cameron, Cameron comes back to visit Jonathan. And Jonathan's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then he drops the quarter. When he's doing some trick that he's probably done his whole life, he drops the quarter. And that's when Cameron realizes that, yeah, maybe Jonathan's not doing good. So, you know, um, so that's kind of where it ends, kind of on a dark note. Because you're like, okay, now what is Jonathan going to be up to next month or next week? I'm sorry, you guys. All right. So, all right. So we're going to do our um, special segment. So we came up with this segment, you guys, since it's all about magic. This segment is going to be called (laughs) Behind the Magic. And uh, so if we can pull up the photos there of those things that... (laughs) <laughs> that look that they go on your arm exactly pull those pictures up okay so this is how there's um a gambling trick called the holdout and what they do this is how they switch the mahjong bag mahjong bag of tiles with the one that cameron brought he had this little thing and the magicians were on the floor actually pulling strings but <laughs> theoretically if you're playing poker and you had like a bad hand then you had this little thing attached to you that would switch out the aces <laughs> 
So you guys there, you can like, I don't know, use that at Vegas if you need to, um, or if you need to fool an arms dealer. So that is our special segment for the evening. And so every week we're going to have, um, a segment that kind of goes behind the magic trick. Since this, even though I was hating it and fighting it, this is one of those shows that ruins magic for you, and we're going to go along with it. So we, too, are going to ruin magic. Um, anything else you wanted to add as well? Oh, I was going to say, so I found the eight symbols in the Chinese um, fortune teller culture that are very good symbols. So numbers, obviously symbolizing wealth, prosperity, success, and longevity. Cabbage. Is symbolizing wealth and prosperity. A lucky cat is good luck and good fortune. Money tree. Can I grow one? Um, Symbolizes (laughs) abundance and wealth. I love that. And they do money trees like at really ghetto birthday parties. They do. Or or at weddings if you're black. Which we appreciate. Yes. Um, Chinese knot symbolizing good luck and a prosperous life. A laughing Buddha symbolizing happiness, health, abundance, and contentment. A bamboo symbolizing longevity, strength, and virtue. And obviously, like in the show, a fish symbolizing unity, fidelity, abundance, and wealth. And the Chinese fortune telling like has so many different levels of what it actually is. Like right. there's so many like it's a long history and a long words I cannot say because they're actually Chinese and I'm looking at them and my eyes go cross. Um, however, the sociology of it is very fascinating because in the Chinese culture, it is basically a part of the social movement. It's a part of the community. Yeah. Like, they think it's, like, it's, like, almost a hierarchy. If you're a fortune teller, you're, like, of the highest hierarchy because people really, what's the word? People really, um... Take what you say. And yeah, like they really believe it. Because yes. I think some of it has to do with your faith. And I know mm-hmm. like like in this episode, they did Mahjong tiles. But I also know they do cards. They do coins. I want to say even they throw bones. I want to say there's so many different ways that people can use or that the Chinese use to outside of numerology and some yes. of these other things to really um, kind of take the next the next world and you know kind of use it to impact and guide you, which I, re- I actually really like that and have studied a little bit. And tea leaves. Oh, tea leaves is a very big part of divination, which I I find fascinating because there's so many different images. Like once you drunk on all your tea, you're kind of just like, what? Yeah, I mean, not Lipton, obviously, but the other teas. And also, <laughs> kind of and also, and also um, the Chinese aren't the only ones that do that. Like yes. I want to say the Turkish, some Middle Eastern mm-hmm. people also read your tea read your tea leaves as well so um so yeah so that is really cool well thank you thank you all right you guys so we're gonna move on to news and gossip okay you guys so i mean honestly these people are all about this show mostly but um we do have a few photos for you so here we go so uh detective mike alvarez amori can you uh, we're well, we're gonna work on his name? He actually is a NASCAR guy. So no. he went to NASCAR and I was like, I didn't even know Latinos went to NASCAR. But he went to NASCAR <laughs> and that's great. Like I'm not hating on NASCAR. I've never been, but I would so I probably would hook up with a NASCAR driver. I'm not gonna drive. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. Like it's something cool, the racing, whatever. So, you know, we uh that's what he did. And Some I think cute. They looking good right there. I know that. So, uh, do you okay. know how he stays in such good fit shape? Uh, he works out a lot because I think I follow him on, on the gram. He's in the gym <laughs> a lot, girl. I'm like, oh, is well, that where he lives? He does boxing. He goes to a gym in New York called Bumble Boxing. 
rumble boxing. And since I'm trying to get fit, I think if I ever go to New York, I'll have to try and check it out. Check out if he's single. I don't know. What do you guys do to stay fit? Um, Zumba. I love Zumba. Um, I do Zumba, class pass. I do everything, but I'm going to do a boxing. I'll do boxing. So. I want to try Pilates. <laughs> like, the, something about Pilates that I see uh, Monique Coleman does. Like, she does it a lot, but, like, it's very fascinating. I'm just like, I want to improve, like, my limbs and yoga for flexibility because mm-hmm. yoga seems fun. Okay, so let's pull up a photo. We have a photo of Kay here. Oh, so she's amazing. She was amazing. This week, she attended the screening of the original OG, which is a new comedy the on TV. Oh, the last OG, my bad. Which is a comedy on TBS starring Tracy Morgan and Tiffany Haddish. And Yay. Cedric the Entertainer, Yay. which is back, he's back on a show, like a sitcom <laughs> show, and I appreciate it. Which is so great. So she looks so amazing here. Oh, my gosh. And I so believe cute. Sherry has some hot gossip about her wonderful love life. Well, she's engaged. She got engaged last year. And she met a gorgeous bartender whose name is Alexander Sorokin. And he is at a bar in New York City called the La Esquina. And so I'm thinking when I go visit my sister in New York City, I might have to ask him for a margarita or a mojito <laughs> or something. Cool, 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 cool. If you guys, did you guys, that was, those are the only photos I was able to find so far, but if you guys have some additional news, make it quick. Justin Chan and his wife had a baby. I don't think anyone knows what the sex is, but I'm going to go 50-50 a boy or a girl. Ooh. And he is juggling a lot, not only new fatherhood and marriage, but he's writing a script and he's doing some sort of secretive new filming project that hasn't been released yet. So I'll be looking for him on the big screen soon. Woohoo! All right, you guys. So that is our news and predictions. All right, we're going to wrap things up next week. The next episode has to do with like our church and I think um, graffiti. Graffiti. And so, you know, so that'll be kind of exciting. Um, so yeah, you guys, this has been an amazing, amazing episode. Again, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. So here, you, here's what you guys need to do. If you watched us, then you should have like been done, liked us by now. But if you haven't, please like, please subscribe, please comment because we're trying to send some shout outs, but we don't know if you don't comment. So please comment, you guys. Check us out also on iTunes, all that great stuff. Love you guys. Again, my name is Erica Edwards. You can follow me on all of my social media at Erica, E-R-I-K-A. D as in door Edwards. Hey guys, you can find me at Real Shay Jones on Twitter and Instagram. Rise Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. And of course, Wednesdays before this at 6 p.m. at the Black Lightning. Guys, there's two more episodes and maybe some special guests. We will find out if you tune in. I'm Cherry underscore LA on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you live tweet with us on Sunday nights. All right, you guys, like, subscribe, come back next week. Have a good night, you guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 